Hello, everyone. Here is your host of the year. Today, we are with Eric James. How are you, Eric? How is everything going? Uh, doing great, AT. Thank you very much. Uh, and good. Uh, off to a busy start this year. Yeah, thank you for joining my podcast, Eric. Eric, could you a little bit talk about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely, AT. So uh, right now, I work as the sales content and operations manager here at Avalara. So we're a global compliance company. Uh, there's about 4,500 of us. We're doing business in like 180 countries all around the globe, but I haven't always worked in tech. So actually, if we rewind right, quite a bit, uh, I did a bunch of different things. Uh, I worked in retail. Uh, I waited tables. Uh, I did manual labor. I worked in the oil fields. But what I realized uh, as I was going through all these positions is that I was really interested in solving problems. I'd love to communicate and I liked working with people. So when I found myself working in San Francisco, doing some construction work, I was working for big tech companies out there. And I realized that instead of helping build buildings for tech companies, because I was in construction at the time, uh, that I actually wanted to go and build a tech company myself from the other side. So I left my job. I put out like 500 applications. No joke, 500. Uh, Went through a sales boot camp, and I finally got a chance to jump into tech sales at a company called Branch. So for the last four years, worked for a few different tech companies, um, all of them doing sales and sales development. And that's what's led me to my current position here today. Oh, crazy story, man. How many years do you have sales experience? So with tech and then working in other roles, I probably have like five to eight years experience. Uh, in SaaS, I have four. SaaS, I four. Okay, Eric, when I check your profile, I saw that now you're a strategic advisor. What's that meaning? Are you educating SDRs? Could you a little bit give more content about that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I did so far in my career working in tech sales, um, after going through a boot camp and spending some time, two years, uh, as an SDR myself, working enterprise and strategic accounts, I was asked to help join a boot camp to train other SDRs. And so I've actually trained uh, about 300 different SDRs and now another 100 in my current job. And I'm beginning to work as a strategic advisor for a different tech boot camp. And part of it is just, you know, I, I really like sales work. I like sales development, um, but I also love to teach. I love to help others. And so it brings me uh, a ton of joy and great pleasure to help other people move into tech jobs, train for careers as SaaS sellers, uh, and really understand that the space that they're walking into so they can be set up for success. So I've done that for one company and now I'm helping another company build out a tech sales training program for Europe, actually. Well, man, you said 300 SDR? Yeah, uh, roughly, maybe even a little more now. So I, I work with a team of 120 SDRs here at Avalara. Uh, and then I've trained multiple classes of 30 for a couple years uh, for a sales bootcamp called SV Academy. So I think that SDRs that I've trained have gone on to work at all kinds of companies, right? From Apple to Google to Microsoft to Amazon. Uh, they've set over a billion dollars worth of pipeline in meetings uh, and set thousands of meetings. And so uh, over the years, over a couple of years, I've gotten a really good idea for what makes a good SDR and how to be successful as an SDR. Uh, and that's something that I like to pass along so I can make other people successful. Eric, I want to hear more about that, man. Could you a little bit tell me about some specific trainings for SDRs? Yeah, absolutely. So whenever I work in the boot camp uh, or have been running boot camps, 
I like to focus on kind of a couple different areas, but they're like hard skills, soft skills, and then tech skills. So I think it's really important to just have the actual hard skills of a seller, right? And to know how to send a good email, how to make a good code call, how to research accounts, how to prospect and find the right people at the right companies, uh, and then how to list build, right? And how to stay organized in your day. So I, I kind of classify that as the hard skills piece. In terms of soft skills, we're looking at like EQ here, right? Or emotional intelligence. And it's the, the traits that, you know, and you know this yourself, AT, um, but that managers want to see in a really successful SDR. So we're looking for somebody that's got a lot of curiosity, someone that's coachable, someone that likes. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a hard job otherwise. Um, you want somebody that actually has a true passion for sales, right? They better really enjoy sales. That's the one of the most important thing, curiosity. Yeah, I, you know, it is. It's it's not an easy job, uh, and that's something that I'll tell everybody I train. I'm like, look, this isn't this isn't something you can do in 30 hours a week. It's not going to be fun all the time. It's hard. You're going to have to work hard. Uh, but there's good rewards at the end of the tunnel, right? You get promoted. You can become an AE. You can start closing big deals. We can move to management. And I think part of what makes it so stressful and why like 65% of SDRs wash out in their first year is that they don't know what they're walking into and they're not set up for success. And I think if you understand the role and you approach it from an organized viewpoint and you make sure to match and track your activities so you know exactly what you need to be doing to set the meetings and reach quota, it doesn't have to be so stressful, right? But it's all those unknowns that really worry people uh, and then push them out of sales. Mm -hmm. Also, Eric, I want to ask one more question. That's what I like from your profile. You are trying to do this job less stressful. Do you think sales could be fun? For example, for me, it's fun because I love to work with my teammates and I'm spending lots of time in one day for cold calling, but I like to talk with people. But young SDR leaving this job because of stress. What do you think about that? Yeah, so you know, I did sales development myself for almost two years. Um, I didn't reach quota every month, right? Of course, I'll be honest, there are months that I really struggled. Um, but eventually, I kind of figured out a plan. Um, my highest performance to goal, you know, a few times I doubled my quota, hit 200%, took home an accelerator, uh, and that was wonderful. And I think the biggest things for me, um, don't spend time on activities that don't make an impact, right? So it's really easy to feel busy in sales development, but not be doing things that move the needle. And you want to always be doing something that's going to help you set a meeting and get closer to quota. So I think that's one really important thing, AT. Uh, I would say that the second one, um, personalize everything you do. Like you have to lean into the work, right? Do the research, become an expert in your product, and then really understand the problems that the people you sell to have. And then when you do outreach to them, make sure it's personalized because that's what's going to grab something, right? It's not volume and it's not quantity, it's quality. Yeah, I'm totally happy. Maybe high quota is one of the reasons for SDRs leaving that job. But have you ever hit your quota or how one STR can hit the quota? Yeah, I think a really helpful thing for me and something I had learned from a salesperson like a long time ago in my past, but there's a hierarchy of personalization, right? So you can think about it like a pyramid. And at the very top of the pyramid, and what the pyramid is, is it tells you what to look for and what to personalize against. And so if I can find content that a prospect has created themselves, right? Maybe they gave an interview in a magazine or they did a podcast just like this. 
I'll read that interview or I'll listen to that podcast and I'll base my personalization off something they said in there because that's going to be very close to them, very near and dear to their heart. And I know it's going to land. Uh, if I can't find something like that, I'll find content that they've shared, right? Like you, AT, I'll find something that you shared on LinkedIn uh, and I'll think about that in the context of what you're doing and I'll base my personalization on that. If I can't find that, I'll find something that we have in common, right? Like we're both salespeople. And so that would be something I'd personalize against. If I couldn't find anything that you created or anything that you've shared, well, I know we're both sellers. Uh, and then beyond that, right? Like, you know, I, I know you've you know, traveled around Europe. That's like the very bottom pier is just like kind of the, the normal stuff. Where did someone go to college? Where do they live? Where do they work? And if you can't find anything else, I like to personalize against that. So, you know, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I, I did some research. I couldn't find anything. I don't know how to personalize, but there's always something out there. And I think it's, you want to lean into the best thing that you can find and find something that really matters to the person. Did I answer your question? Yeah, I'm totally, yeah, 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 definitely. I'm totally agree. Curiosity is the one of the key points. Like you have to go hard and you have to go on until you find a value proposition or until you find something uh, valuable for that. All right, man. Oh, let me ask one more question. I saw that you're a strategic advisor. What do you think about sales trends? What will be the trends in 2022? Everybody's saying cold calling that, LinkedIn outreach that, also email marketing is that. What we will do? Reaching out from Instagram? <laughs> what do you think about that? Because every, every day I'm just checking the LinkedIn and one guy said, in 2022, LinkedIn outreach will be that. Email campaign will be that. Oh man, what we will do? <laughs> no, um, I, I see the same posts uh at and i'm, I'm always laughing about it. I'm like, oh really interesting i wonder what your your best uh, interest is in this i think we have to change our job <laughs> yeah i we're both out of work man um no realistically i the joke answer i think is uh cold facetime or cold venmo you know i'm sure you've seen some of the stuff floating around please don't cold facetime me i am probably not going to pick up man i don't like to facetime people i know um but realistically I, where sales trends are going I think it's leaning into account level personalization. And so just like we were chatting about, right? Really doing the research on an account, finding the right people within it, understanding exactly what problems they're dealing with, and then reaching out to them with a better way or a solution or a new path that directly addresses those problems. And the thing is a lot of sales development teams and a lot of sales development reps they don't take the time to do this kind of research and personalization, but it makes you stand out if you do. Uh, and the second thing, man, I can tell you, cold calls. Like cold calls are never going to die. Like they're the scariest thing ever. They're not fun, I promise, unless you just really get into it. And there's tons of people out there saying, oh, no one picked up the phone. But dude, I've seen the data from a bunch of different companies and cold calling is the absolute best way to set meetings. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's my best channel. Cold call is always working, man. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's you know if you if you've got a pattern interrupt as an opener, right? I call you and I'm like, hey, at this is a cold call. Do you want to hang up, right? And you laugh, and then I ask you for time, right? I, I ask for permission. Hey, can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called? Uh, it's a really strong way to get into things because like realistically, the thing is, you make someone laugh, they're going to give you 30 seconds, and you can use that 30 seconds to buy yourself a couple minutes to chat, and hopefully that leads to a meeting. But yeah, I think in terms of ROI on time, uh, cold calling is the way to go. Yeah, it's definitely, but lots of us are afraid to call someone because, but don't forget guys, no one will punch, punch you against the phone. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, exactly. It's that fear of the unknown again, man. It's like, right, we don't like to do things that are scary or have an unknown outcome. And a cold call is basically the most unknown, scary thing you can think of for a lot of people. So you work as an SDR leader. What do you think about the high quotas? Lots of leaders putting high quotas. Are you doing the same thing? Because high quotas, I think it's so harmful for SDR psychology. What do you think about that? Yeah, so I, I like to think that we treat our SDRs pretty well here at Avalara. Of course, there's some things that would change, but that's every organization. Um, I'm with you, AT. I think high quotas can be really damaging for a couple reasons. Uh, the first is that it incentivizes SDRs to push for quantity over quality, right? They're so desperate to set meetings with anyone that they're not thinking about who they're setting meetings with. And I think that's a big problem. And the second thing is that you have to look at, you know, the SDR, it's a pipeline for two things, right? You're creating revenue pipeline by setting meetings with potential prospects that want to buy your product. And that's really important. But it's also for a lot of companies, a talent pipeline. So you find great people, you get them into a tech job, they learn all about your company and your product and your culture. And then they're ready for a promotion into a different role. But the thing is, if your quotas are too high and they're so focused on just trying to reach quota that they don't have time to grow and learn and professionally develop, it's going to be really challenging for them to move up within the company. So I think from two fronts, from like you've got stressed out SDRs that are setting bad meetings and then they're not preparing for the future. And so that impacts them and it impacts the company. <laughs> How many months you are giving a one SDR for hitting his quota? So when we hire a new SDR and we ramp them, we do a three-month ramp period up to full quota. So they have a whole quarter to get used to the product, to learn who we sell to, to learn how to talk about it before we expect them to reach quota. Let's imagine he doesn't reach out to quota for a month. What will be the process? So, you know, how we approach it, and I realize this is different at every company, um, but we sit down with them, right? There's no PIP. Um, but we have an intervention and a lot of times it's a teaching conversation because our managers are all there to make the SDRs succeed, right? They want them to do well. They want to support them. They want to empower them. They want to teach and train and help them. And so maybe we overlooked something in their training or onboarding, or maybe there's a part of the job that they're just not understanding or they're not sure how to do effectively. So for us, instead of a negative conversation, it's a positive conversation because we want to know what they're struggling with and how they can help so we can get them to quota. Because that's the whole reason they're here, right? We see the potential in them and we want to make sure that they know that and that they feel empowered to be successful. Mm -hmm. And also what do you think, how many months later SDR can be the account executive? Because every SDR starting a job is dreaming to be account executive. And for me, it's tough because you have to work hard and you have to hit the quota. And I work with lots of companies. The quotas are very high. What do you think about that? How many months one SDR need for to be account executive? Yeah, man. So I, I kind of have a unique viewpoint on this, having trained a ton of SDRs for you know like roles in tech. And one thing we found from looking at the data is it actually takes longer than you'd expect. And you can see this reflected at companies like Salesforce, where it takes on average three years as an SDR to get promoted to AE. And I will say that's a little bit long, but I don't think they're far off. Um, from the data I've seen, it shows that 18 months is the inflection point. So if you get promoted early, let's say like six months, because right, like you said, AT, everybody wants to just get that promotion. You only maybe have a 10 to 15% chance of reaching quota as an AE your first year. If you wait and see 
and you take the time to really learn the product, develop your sales skills, and understand the entire sales process. Around a year and a half to two years, if you get that promotion, you have about a 75 to 80% chance of hitting quota. So what I like to train people and tell people, both on my team uh, and on the boot camps that I advise, is that 18 to 24 months is a good time to start looking for your next role or looking for that promotion. If you do it too early, you're going to really struggle. So I think it makes sense to stay, learn, and put in the work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good time. All right, Eric. Uh, let me ask you one more question. You said you train lots of SDR men. But, yeah, but what's the most important skills for SDR? You said hard skills, soft skills. Okay, all right. But could you have a chance to give some specific example from your experience? Yeah, I think so. You know, for me, it's maybe like five to seven things that I think are really important. Um, you know, I mentioned. Yeah, we need that point. <laughs> and I mentioned a couple earlier, but it's having a passion for sales. Like you really have to want to be a seller. If you, if you don't want to be a seller, this job's way too hard to try to fake your way through it for two years to get a promotion. You're never going to last. So I think that's really important. Um, I think the second thing is just having a lot of grit or dedication or like passion because. Again, it's a hard job, right? It's not for everybody. And you're going to hear a ton of no's. You're going to get a ton of negative responses to people. You're going to make a ton of calls to people that never pick up. And you just have to keep that energy and you have to keep pushing forward. So I think that's critical. And I'd say like the second two things really for me are strong communication skills. Because you're talking to people, whether it's on paper or in person, all day, day in and day out. You need to be really direct with your communications. And then finally, you've got to be interested in learning and be coachable because you are going to be learning and getting feedback all the time from your boss, from your peers, from the team lead, from your account executive, from other people in your company. And you can't take that to heart and get offended or get frustrated with it. You just kind of put it into your process and work to get better every day. So I think being coachable and being interested in learning is really going to help you. But those are probably the four that jump out. Mm-hmm. But how you are understanding that guy have a good communication skills? What do you guys are looking for? So realistically, we look for the ability to tell a story in a concise and direct fashion and then strong written communication skills. And like, I realize that's the exact same thing that you just asked. Um, but just like having a strong command of the language that you communicate in, being able to write very concisely and effectively um, and make good use of spelling and grammar. So emails, they don't have to be perfect, right? The best sales emails are written at like a third grade level. But the thing is, you only have a hundred words to convey an idea. So when I'm reaching out to you, that's it. I've got a hundred words to tell you why we should talk or have a longer conversation, why you should give me some time. And I think that's why communication skills are really important. Guys, don't forget to use Grammarly. Okay. All right, Eric. Do you have any daily routine to overcome your stress? For example, for me, I like run. I like to run every day because it helps to handle with my stress. Yeah. So I you definitely do. You know, I try to work in some fitness. Uh, we've all been stuck at home because of COVID, which sucks. The gyms are closed. You know, but I'll try to just do some push-ups, some sit-ups, and just like lift some weights. Uh, and then the other thing is like, dude, don't work too hard, man. You got to take some breaks, dude. Go look outside, go on a walk, right? Go play with your animals or your pets or go cook some food or clean, like whatever it is to get you away from your computer and get you out of your head. So you're not just thinking about sales 10 hours a day, straight nonstop because you're going to burn out. Yeah, definitely. 
that's the main problem of young STRs. They are always feeling that too much pressure pressure on their shoulder. But yeah, you said very well. <laughs> okay, Eric, I want to go on one general question. What's the best practices for cold email? Yeah, so best practices for cold email, uh, I think AT is keep your subject line from three to five words. You got to realize that majority of emails are read on mobile now. Keep your email under 100 words, ideally around 50. <laughs> Make Do you have any subject? Any favorite subject you can say us now? Um, honestly, I don't. I think my favorite thing is to tie the subject line into the personalization. Like I myself, I'm a rock climber. So if somebody does outreach to me and they mention rock climbing in the subject line, dude, I'm probably going to open that email. Uh, I think that's really important. And then personalize on the first line, right? So as I open an email, the first thing that I want to see is that personalization, right? So I know you send an email just for me. It's not like a mass blast, you know, just sending it to everybody. Um, and then don't ask for time. That's a mistake a lot of new SDRs make. They say, uh, hey, AT, can I get 30 minutes next week? Dude, nobody has extra time. Ask for interest, right? And if you make a good case and you understand what someone cares about, ask if they would be interested in learning more. And you're going to see that interest-based calls to action will perform at about two times the rate of a normal one. Definitely. We have to create a conversation, a conversation with them. Um, you tell them to hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I get a lot of messages. It might take me a little while to respond, um, but I'm pretty active on there. And I, I really do. I read everything. I will write you back. If you have a question, I'll try to answer it. Um, so yeah, please, AT, feel free to share my LinkedIn with people. Uh, I love connecting with new sellers. Part of it is selfish because I get to build a network of badass new salespeople that in a few years I get to go hire. All right, Eric. I really enjoyed the chat with you. Thanks for, thanks for your time. AT is wonderful to chat with you as well, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.